Hello and welcome to The Yarn, a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Kevin Wilde. 2020 has been a year most of us would rather put behind us as we look to a return to better times. Thank goodness the planning for that is well underway right across the Australian wool industry, even if the benefits may take a while to kick in. That's the view of AWI's General Manager of Marketing Communications, Laura Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it isn't all doom and gloom, Kev. Um, we have a lot of opportunities um, for wool uh, coming up. Things that, um, trends that we had anticipated pre-COVID are really accelerating. So um, specifically things like online buying and e-commerce shopping, that was a strategy that we already had in place pre-COVID. Um, so we have some really solid relationships with some of the biggest e-commerce partnerships in the world, such as Farfetch, Amazon, and Tmall. Um, so we're really going to lean into those relationships and, and leverage that for post-COVID marketing. In terms of consumer values and what people actually want to buy, it's obviously this huge economic downturn. You've got recession. Everybody's tightening the purse strings. Um, so it's about value and quality. Um, and something that we probably haven't, um, amplified enough in the past, but definitely has a place is the Walmart certification program and that quality guarantee. Um, so we can obviously use that almost as a weapon to uh, bolster partner uh, partner conversations around their wool categories to guarantee quality assurance. Um, of course, there's another trend: uh, casualization, something that's been happening for years and years, but it's really accelerated now that everybody's working from home and you don't really need a suit um, day to day to take your Zoom calls. Um, That means that this idea of demanding comfort from your clothing um, is something that we've been trying to tackle for years. You know, we have our market research and they show that the itchy scratchy problem is our biggest barrier to purchase. Um, But what Julie's team have been doing in product development and what the CAMs have been doing in terms of building penetration of sports and outdoor and super soft knitwear and market will really pay off now post-COVID. And then, of course, um, there's the wellness trend. It's really not a trend. It's more a way of life now. Um, people are more concerned with health. Um, and Angus and his team have done some phenomenal work in science around how wool is actually beneficial for wellness. Um, so we can use that science to build really compelling marketing programs in the outdoor space and the sleep space and even the skin space. Um, and then I suppose something that's, that's just popped up as a result of COVID that seems to be getting quite a bit of attention is this idea of active commuting. And um, the WHO announced that this, you know, trains and subways and whatnot are um a real cesspit for for germs of course we all know that but um i didn't really need to hear that laura i get the train quite a bit maybe i'll have to start driving to work at least for a while sorry i forgot that you have a mammoth commute ahead of you kev maybe you'll have to hoof it on foot or, or get a bike or actually try active commuting in merino wool um because the demand for what you're going to you want to wear to work um, this idea of maybe having a uniform to wear to work and then at work isn't really practical. Um, so we're going to need like lightweight, thermoregulating, moisture-wicking layers. Um, Merino wool is actually perfect for that. And we have seen a few brands already hit the market with active commuting collections. So the CAMs are doing a phenomenal job of outreaching to brands at the minute to see who, is, uh, who has appetite to build these commuter collections in Merino wool. 
So there are there are opportunities out there, of course. Buying trends are one thing, another is who will buy. And the answer, at least in the short term, remains China, of course. From a region perspective, we look at um, the most promising uh, economic markets. Right now, it's China. Um, China has been the star for a while, but this um, pause, if you will, has given us a chance to really refocus and um, direct a lot of support and our resources in to, into the China team. Um, and we're really excited that uh, one of the best creative agencies in the world have agreed to take our marketing brief and will be coming um, out with a, a new consumer campaign in September, October. Um, Jeff and his team have done a phenomenal job negotiating um, an alliance with Tmall, uh, one of the biggest pl- e-commerce platforms in China, um, to help us build a really robust path to purchase strategy behind that creative campaign. Um, so lo- lots of exciting things ahead. The opportunities for Wool to get into the market for cycling clothes is a really interesting one. Cycling has been one area of Australian retailing in particular to do really well in recent months. So when do you think we will start to see it in lots more shops where people will be able to turn away from Lycra and at least have Merino wool as a major part of the fabric? Realistically, the big, big sports players are really watching their bottom line. So to be experimental with new fabrications and innovations, um, especially with an expensive fiber like merino wool, it's not going to be that easy to convince the the Nikes and the Adidas of the world to do that right now. But we have our CAM networks, the likes of Stephen Kelly, have got phenomenal relationships with some of the more niche sports players. Um, and then you have some of the leading cycling brands, such as Rafa, who already understand this merino wool opportunity so the trickle down effect i mean realistically it'll take 12 to 18 months for it to become prevalent but what we can do in the interim is highlight and spotlight those niche brands and sort of put them on a platform as as industry leaders and innovators Um, we have the upcoming sports and outdoor campaign for the usa launching in october and we're actually quite lucky that covid hit probably a week before um, our production was due to start on that campaign. So we were able to halt the campaign and all production and almost rewrite the scripts. Um, so we'll hopefully, fingers crossed, shoot again in October and it'll be um, against a script that's set in a very post-COVID world with the cycling scene and an active commuting scene. So we're really ready to, to jump on that trend. As we mentioned, China is the first big economy for wool to come back to life. And so it'll be the first one to run a marketing campaign. But more generally, in the Northern Hemisphere, it remains quite grim, both on the health front and in the economies of Europe and the US in particular. How slowly do you think it will take for them to return to normality? Yeah, I mean, there is no way that we're walking into this thinking that it'll be as easy as last year or well, I suppose our approach to specifically the U.S. market is, first of all, we, we need to be realistic. Our budget is about 60% down on last year. So the investment in terms of media is minimal. Um, when we do invest in things like media, it'll be online. The beauty of that is we have the ability to turn that off and on within an hour um, as opposed to a heavily invested outdoor campaign which is booked months and months in advance. Um, In terms of our media strategy actually for the USA, 
what we're banking on, um, as I mentioned, this um, boom in e-commerce shopping behavior, we are going to use a platform. We're going to use Amazon really as our media partner rather than the traditional media partner that you would think of. The reason being, that's where we know the consumers are there. It's the most visited website in the States. Um, it's linked directly to path to purchase. Um, and you actually have more chance, we believe, of converting an audience member to a sale on an e-commerce platform rather than social media. So you could spend thousands and thousands pumping money into Facebook and Instagram trying to convince people that they want to buy your product. But in reality, in the midst of a recession, in the midst of civil unrest, that's not what people are thinking of. And it's actually quite tone deaf if we if we did that. But if we focus our energy and our resources on building campaigns on shopping platforms, you're really talking to pre-qualified shoppers. People have come there for a specific reason to buy a product. So you're not actually interrupting their social feed with something that they want to see. So Laura, is it a matter of tapping into people who are looking to buy online rather than be on social media to watch cat videos or discuss current events? Well, well, really, actually, the, the beauty of this Amazon strategy is um, we can if, say, for example, if you're on Amazon and you're looking for cycling gear, a helmet, um, we can use programmatic advertising to target that particular shopper. They might not think they want merino wool in that instance, but from uh, online consumer behavior, we can retarget them with a merino solution for what they might be interested in. So whether that's a hiking person, a cycling person, a walking person, a mountain climbing person, we can serve them up merino product solutions while they're on the platform. And that's not as disruptive or as interruptive if you target them on Amazon as opposed to targeting them on Instagram whenever they're really there to have a conversation about something social or political. Now, excuse me, the dad joke, but changing tack to the America's Cup and the Prada Luna Rossa team representing Italy has a couple of Australian connections. Most importantly, our wool is in all their high-performance gear. Sydney sailor Jimmy Spithill, who has won two America's Cups for the US, is second in charge as well of their team. So when racing does get underway of Auckland in the new year, there's a couple of reasons why we can cheer for the Italians, right? Yeah, I mean, with specifically with the um, the America's Cup, yeah, we were disappointed that those regattas mid-year got cancelled. However, the the hero moment, the finals, um, aren't until February, March next year. And of course, they're in Auckland and they seem to have escaped the crisis um, pretty well. Um, so all things continue on this trajectory, that will be a real special moment on the sporting calendar. Um so yeah, we have scaled back on the media that we were originally intending to put around the the Prada program, but there will still be a bells and whistles moment next year. And I think um, by that stage, consumers will be so hungry and so excited for outdoor sporting content that it'll be really well received. Um, Francesco and his team have actually done a phenomenal job of um, engaging with Prada. So whilst we didn't get the regattas, we actually got some very exciting added value. Um, There'll be more presence on Prada.com. There'll be more product on Prada.com that was originally intended. So whilst we don't have the regattas, there are still some upsides to the the situation. And um, we're actually really pleased that 
Prada have um, agreed to give us access to their iconic foundation in Milan uh, for the IWP final um, next year. So a free of charge, which is a great added benefit. Thanks for your time, Laura. Laura Armstrong there, AWI's General Manager of Marketing Communications. That's it for another episode of The Yarn. Past episodes can be found at wool.com and they cover everything from lambing to shearing shed design to what overseas markets are doing, plus a lot of ag tech. AWI is on Facebook at Australian Wool Innovation, on Twitter at Wool Innovation and on Instagram at Beyond the Bar. Thanks again for listening and joining us for another yarn. Bye for now.